With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Live across Tasmania on 1629 SEN Tassie and streaming live on the SEN app. Welcome to Saturdays in Tassie. Get involved in the show anytime. Text 0437 552 535. Happy Saturday. Holly and Brett here with you again this morning. How are you? It's freezing out there. Another fresh start to the day, Holly, but good to be here. The um, Oceana Aquatic Centre, I think we call it, Health and Fitness. Yeah, Oceana Health and Fitness. Health and Thanks, Fitness. Clubs Taz, setting it up, but... um. Thank God you bought this coffee this morning. You are the real MVP of this whole show. Without well, this need, coffee, nothing would happen. It needs to happen. be said, Holly, and I hate to cut you off, but <laughs> and you're going to hate this, but the work that you do Aww. behind the scenes to, to put this show together is, um, is enormous. So those Thanks, that don't know, Holly sales at SEN and also hosts this show, produces the show, mm. sets it up. She's here at 7 and I wander in with a coffee at uh, 5 to 8 and Holly's like, oh, this is the greatest. And it's like, well, maybe just yes. back up the truck a little no. bit, Holly. You've been working 40 hours for this. So, the words uh, don't happen well without done. the beans. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're a star. Oh, you're the best. Well, as always, we'll kick the show off with the Tasmanian sports update for Harrison Agents, the Tasmanian real estate experts. Um, obviously, we heard during the week, former jack jumper Josh Adams has released a new statement to address the speculation and lies over his departure from the team. Um, basically, I guess the opinion was maybe he's left because he's been offered more money or what's the situation. Basically, he's shut all that down, come out um, against these rumours and he said he left. He didn't leave the Jack Jumpers for more money. He said he was heartbroken to not be with the team this season and the boys um, and claims that Scott Roth didn't want him. Yeah, which is really surprising. Like, so surprising. Kinda, he, like, oh, him in the finals, like, yeah. was unbelievable. Back back end of the season, he, he really held it together. He started the finals groove and, and hit some unbelievable shots in that in uh, across the broader final series. But um, mm. we, we spoke to um, Dave Lithgow and I spoke to Scott Roth a little while ago. Oh, and, yeah, you would have on that yeah, Friday. Um, yeah, well, I was filling in for Jack. And, you know, and certainly the message was that, you know, there are going to be bigger offers for... Um, uh, for Josh, um, you know, and so it's, you know, it's unlikely he'll be back. And, and so they were really pushing this message that, it, you know, it was likely that Josh was going to accept a big money deal in China or, or somewhere in Europe. Um, mm. So it was certainly part of the narrative. And, and for him to come out and, and kind of suggest that that's not the case and that he would have stuck around, um, there, there are a lot of heartbroken fans out there because he, yeah. like I said, at the start of the year, there was a bit of a, um, you know, a, bit of a running joke, I guess, that, um, you know, Adams was struggling. You know, he'd, he'd, mm. he'd uh, struggling to pass, struggling to find the reads, make plays. Mm. You know, real isolation, shoot first mentality. And, and you know, if you're that sort of player and your shots not dropping, then it can look a bit ugly. And it did look a bit ugly at the start. At the yeah. start of the year, but you know, he started to found you know, his groove later yeah, on. Yeah, he found the paints and he was able to dish it out and 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 then and then get his shot. Held us together towards the final. So. Uh, really sad that, you know, we got to the end of the year and there's a lot of talk about the culture and the strength of the group and, and you know, maybe not so much. That, that, that's that's mm. the heartbreaking part that, you know, it's 
But it's also a professional sport. Yeah, like, I know, just, but I get caught up in happens. like the family of the team, and I'm like, oh, this is so sad. But, but that's that's certainly how it felt at the end of the season it, for yeah, the Jack Thompson. Did. They did an unbelievable job in in pulling that team together. You know, guys that. Um, you know, sort of showed enormous passion for Tasmania and Tasmanian 100%. sport and the Tasmanian community. Um, and, uh, yeah, that, that that is sad. So yeah. uh, he'll, he'll certainly be missed, Josh. I wonder where he's going to head off. I mean, look, I'm, like, more okay with him being overseas because if I see him well, playing we don't have to play like, against him. Imagine yeah. if he's playing at Melbourne United <laughs> yeah, or something. Look, and that, that probably, Wasn't that the whisper or something likely. for a minute? I don't know if I'm just pulling that out of thin air, but I thought I heard... That's what media is about. Oh, yeah. Pull it out of thin hair, put sources in thin Here, air. let me just say it on air. No, but I, I'm sure I heard like, oh, my, it's probably just a rumour, just saying maybe he's going to end up at Melbourne United. Imagine that. I wouldn't be surprised be, and because he's he's that good. Like there is he a spot is so for him. so good. But his form towards the back end of the season, you know, there is, there should be big money for him in China or, um, you know, and it, to be honest, like his standard of play, the shots he was making, that mm-hmm. that's NBA shooting guard stuff like yeah. he was at a whole other level so he, he'll be a huge loss for the jack jumpers mm, very sad uh, another little bit of sad news well whichever way you take it uh during the week obviously david noble has left north um and he pretty much warned whoever you know steps in from now there's more pain to come on arden <laughs> street which is pretty obvious but um is is quite sad and obviously um the vfl coach lee adams has stepped in as interim coach for the rest of the season for now um I mean, I don't know if this is... Yeah, look, I don't know. When we were speaking this time last week, we thought, oh, no, it probably won't happen. Like, you'll probably hang around. And to be honest, I was kind of shocked that it actually happened and it is gone now. Yeah, I mean, particularly after the performance against Collingwood on the weekend, I mean, I think we said here it was yeah. going to be a 400-point blowout. And, it, and and you agreed. Yeah. You're the North supporter and you agreed, <laughs> so we can be justified in yeah, that. Yeah, of course. Um, but, yeah, they, they, they played a good game against Collingwood. Um, I, 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 just, I find it all types of bizarre, you know, the... The conflicts of interest and um, you know this this review that's been you know sort of bought in Jeff Walsh, former CEO, football department manager, mm. also the director of the um, coaches association, come in to conduct a review on the football department, largely you know uh, a review on the coach. The coach is sacked before that review is even closed. Mm. Um, you know a lot of information around um, you know that players and staff had suggested and again this is what's reported yeah um so truth or not you know the, the media is a hard one but it's it's been reported it's out there that you know some players had suggested that if noble was going to be around then the He's futures gone. of the club yeah. weren't, weren't certain I, I i look at it really differently in that you know you kind of have to look at why david noble was brought in as coach so his mm. coaching records he, he he hadn't coached since glenelg in mm. 2003, 2004, hadn't been a head coach at AFL level, mm. um, has obviously, you know, has a legacy in terms of list management and, and football department management and yeah. and creating lists and culture, you know, particularly with Brisbane. Um, him and Graham Fagan did an unbelievable job uh, establishing that. So he's brought in as the culture guy, effectively, mm. you know, and, yeah. he's, and, and he's going to develop as a coach and you want to support him with you know, good, good strategists, um, you know, people that can help him, de- you know, deliver the messages. Yeah. Um, and, and so for him really early, you know, he's given North Melbourne this, you know, unbelievable spray. Um, mm. th- th- those oh, like, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And oh, God, I'm getting flashed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can see you shaking. <laughs> but but, but th- those those types of sprays for someone like Noble, Noble who's bought in as a culture guy, mm. 
ultimately it's they full on. yeah yeah like but they come down to um, people not meeting the standard people not trying to meet the standard so you know noble would be all about effort and yeah uh, you know all, all, all those one percenters you know so whilst yeah. we don't have the most talented talent, talented list we can chase the hardest we can you know our defensive pressure and all, all those little things and so he's obviously gone at him about that and then there's there, there's you know he's had to come out and apologize and it's a kind of you know, this bizarre scenario where mm. he's identified these cultural issues within the within the club and the team and rather than side with him, you know, because that's that's the reason why he got the job. They're like, well, hang on a second, you've upset the players, and you know they they can't meet your standard, and yeah. So they're 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 no chance of ever meeting any cultural expectation if they can't meet mm. the expectation of the cultural legacy guy, you know, within the AFL. So it's it's confusing. And I wonder where that puts the bizarre. players now, because the I mean, I guess the issue. As well as there's there is instability in the mm. club, and I don't know what like. Do you think it was the right decision for him to well, leave? Personally, personally, I don't. I mean, it's right in the middle. Like, I mean, yeah, but it's been sold as a you know uh, a parting of ways, you know, mutual. It's not. No, it's yeah. not. No. Yeah. Um, so you know, he's he's been removed, and you can you, you know you don't need to be a media expert to be able to read into you know the press conference, and he's mm. heartbroken, and he clearly wanted to be around. Mm. But again, that that press conference itself was was bizarre. You know, yeah. like the, you know they spoke the three leaders. You know, with, mm. with 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 the exit press conference, and then as part of that, there's talk of you know that that we want the priority pick. You know, we're in such a bad situation, we want the priority pick. Well, maybe you should have listened to your coach. Yeah, you know, who was telling you that you're in a bad way, and the reason you're in a bad way is because the players aren't able to meet the cultural expectation. Yeah, yeah the standards. Um, you know, so now, you know, the flip side of that is that the players are empowered. Um, mm. So, you know, they, they've been, you know, they've kind of been proven right by the board that noble was the problem. That's It's not a noble problem. Mm. It's um, just so much more. Yeah. So, you know, whichever coach comes in now, he has to... He's got a bit of work to do. Yeah. So he, he can't yeah. go down the noble. We can't, you know, we can't be hard on him because, no. because there will be tears yeah. and, and they will depart. So how do you, how do you teach... Um, you know, and how do you guide a young group that, that won't listen, you know, yeah. that, that, that won't actually take on board the fact that they need to meet certain expectations and certain standards to be a, a premiership contender? Yeah, it's going um, to be very hard for this next, whoever this next person is, no idea. But ju- just to add to that as well, so, you know, if they think bringing Alistair Clarkson in is, is going to, you know, you, you know, let's go and get Clarko, he's going to save us. Mm. What do you think he's going to do? Yeah. He's going he's to identify all the same things that David Noble's identified and yep. he's going he's gonna to bark the same way that Noble did when, when yeah, they don't respond. Absolutely. And so they're going to they're gonna be in the same position anyway. Yeah, like it's, you're not wrong. It's, it's all types of bizarre. Mm, I'll be interested to see what happens. It is sad. Look, and da- David Noble's a Tassie. He's, he's a Tassie know, boy. Yeah, that's yeah. the sad, you know. So well, I'm passionate for him. I, I just, I feel so sorry for him. He walked into a no-win situation. Yeah, and, it is sad. And and if, if you go back to, you know, when he was announced as a coach, the then CEO, um, oh, whose name escapes me, Ben. Oh, um. I've had the biggest mental blank yeah, of all time. But we'll come back. <laughs> for the former CEOs, yeah. you know, laid this expectation that we'll be, we'll be a premiership chance in four years' time. 
Mm. Yeah, you know, so given given David Noble a list that everyone's identified as one of the poorest in in modern day footy, mm. and the expectation on him is that you'll turn this into a premiership winning team. It's a big ask. Well, it just is. Yeah. you know, but it's a, David Noble. His head must have nearly snapped off when he when he heard that was the. Maybe he'll come back and coach the Tassie team if we get one. Maybe he'll come back to his roots. Well, I hope. Yeah, I mean, I, I just hope he's not lost to the game. I know. And, and yeah. I, I mean, it's fair to say that maybe his head coach. Um, aspirations in AFL footy Maybe probably there's some sort of role are with him. gone, but he's he, you know he he has a proven uh, ability to to impact um, list management and football course, department yeah. decisions. And and like I said before, you know strong culture. Look at Brisbane, you yeah, know, the basket case to to premiership contenders. Oh yeah, the strong culture, yeah, yeah, huge. You know, and, and he's he's a he's a key pillar in that. So yeah. Um, definitely feel sorry, sorry mm. for that, and I feel sorry for North supporters. You're one. Oh, I know that sucks. You've been wiping away the tears <laughs> for the last four weeks. But, oh my god! But it, 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 it must be hard to watch the inconsistencies in the, in the messaging and mm. and just this this cry, almost this begging for the priority pick. It, it just it's not. Yeah. If you're a fan, you you want to you want to be tougher than that. You know, like yeah. you want the club to show some fight. Not relying not on. Just, um, oh yeah, you know yeah. this is this is in the press conference when you know when David David Noble's departure, the the conversation shifts to the need for a priority pick. I yeah. mean, like, that just blows it, my mind. It probably wasn't the time to start talking That's about just that. Bizarre, yeah. Yeah. bizarre stuff. So mm, they got a bit of work to do. The roost. Poor old North. Um, and lastly, we've got our Sports Minister Nick Street has stepped in to try and improve Tassie's summer of cricket. Um, obviously, we heard during the week that South Africa withdrew from the highly anticipated summer ODI series against Australia. Nick basically said the withdrawal reunited the public conversation again regarding Tassie's share of international cricket content um, or lack thereof. And... Uh, yeah, on the back of obviously Hobart hosting the fifth Ashes Test last year, and just once more um, here, which is fair enough. I don't, we def- we definitely don't get, an, uh, I guess, enough share of our international cricket, and what we did have is gone. Yeah, so yeah. that sucks. Yeah, it, do- it does suck, <laughs> but it's um, yeah, you know, it's a lack of vision from Cricket Australia to also, well, yeah, I mean, it's can't be helped that South Africa have withdrawn, yeah, not, but yeah. um, they need to... But if that's all we've got... And they need to try and find a replacement in there somewhere. Else, yeah. Because it's, it's a lack of identification of what's actually happening down here, that the basketball world is has yeah. gone nuts on the back of the jack jumpers. Um, you know, this huge push. No one's talking about cricket. Yeah, no one right and, and And to be honest, it felt like last summer, no one, outside of the, the ashes mm. that we had here, no one was talking about cricket. You mm. know, and, and, and largely, the domestic teams... They, they get very little to, you know, it's not like it was 20 years ago where uh, there was a super strong following of domestic cricket, good crowds, and, and mm. people would go and watch. I'd and, love to see that. But, but that's kind of a result of Cricket Australia, you know, pushing the domestic fixture just off to the side. You know, mm. So that's the, 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 this isn't on Cricket Tasmania. This is a Cricket, cricket Australia fixturing um, mm. problem. But, uh, yeah, maybe that's a conversation for another day. Yeah, <laughs> maybe we'll get them on. <laughs> we'll talk it's to them about idea. it. <laughs> and um, lastly, Maccas and Basketball Tassie have partnered and are offering July school holiday basketball camps for young basketballers across Tassie, which is really cool. There's camps in the south and north and the northwest of the state. Um, they've got some really great people running these programs. So um, in Devonport, Rush, um, 
Rushton Upton. He's the under-20 men's state assistant coach running the program there in Launceston. Hadian Zastany. I'm very bad at pronouncing this name, but under-18 women's state head coach, which is awesome. And then in Hobart, Danton Seville um, is the under-20s women's state head coach. So it's some real, um, you know, some really good... Um, staffing there, running these programs for kids um, who are excited about basketball in the state to get there. Um, and it's during the um, July school holidays, so really good. Push your kids out to that and push them out the door and get them, push in, them out the door. into some yeah, basketball. I like it, particularly in that second week of school holidays. Yeah, it's when time they're to starting get them out. to get a bit gross. But that's, but <laughs> that, that's really important stuff from, uh, from Basketball Taz. Yeah, know, it's free awesome. Free holiday camps. It's awesome, yeah. Can't, can't miss. So, you know, I think there's a little lesson there for all the – uh, all the state sporting organisations uh, totally. get, get active with your with your school groups and local communities. Get them involved. Um, if uh, if anyone listening is interested in signing up the little ones, sign up at www.basketballtasmania.com.au. That was our sports update. Thanks to Harrison Agents, and we'll be back after a short break. Live across Tasmania on sixteen twenty nine SEN Tassie, and streaming live on the SEN app. This is Saturdays in Tassie. Get involved in the show anytime. Text 0437 552 535. On Saturdays in Tassie, hot or not. That's it. Hot or not for Heart Sports. Drinks fueling Tassie Sport on sale now and available at your favourite local store. Starting off, um, give us a hot or not. Josh Adams' uh, Insta comments that we that we mentioned before. Hot or not. Oh, spicy hot. Yeah. yeah. Real spicy sort of stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah, horrible back and forth that, and like like we said at the at the start, really sad because you know at the end of the season it felt like the culture and we were going to stick with the same mm. dudes and particularly Adams. I uh, like that he come out and defended himself. We had like, to, like, yeah. yeah, absolutely had to because the narrative has been that he's off chasing bigger cash, and yeah. you know for him yeah, to yeah. s- suggest that that's not the case. But also, like, who could blame him if he can get a million bucks a year to go play in China? Like, you, you take yeah, it. Yeah, play on him. But- <laughs> But if that's not the case, then yeah. yeah, it's disappointing. So good on him, hot, spicy, hot for him sticking up for himself, mm-hmm. uh, and a huge cold for the you know, for the for the narrative being being sent out by the Jack Jumpers that yeah. he was kind of wanting out for a bit of coin. Yeah, I like it. Um, now, should I? I'm going to go to you because you're Insta <laughs> with it. I don't do Instagram, a bit old for that. But yeah. Jack Rewild's Instagram activity of late. So he's yeah. with the with the Shep mates, if the lip sync commentary. If you haven't seen this, you have to go or type in Shep mates on Instagram or type in Jack Rewild and look at his page. It's just so good. I'm saying it's hot. I love seeing this side of him. He's very funny. Like, I um I loved it. Just rocked up to these guys' houses and lip sync commentary and lip syncing the killers and just hilarious. Hot. I'm into it. It's he's, funny. He, he's he's with it at the moment, Jack. And I, I don't know. and I don't say that because I fill in occasionally on his show <laughs> with Flash. But his um his emergence as a as a media person is, yeah. is strong. He's doing it's a terrific. great job. He's a yeah. good host. Um, ask good questions. He, he's he's 100%. he's got a future. He's doing it really really well. Yeah. Um, for so sure. well done, Jack. Yeah. Good Hot on at him. the moment. Um. For you, Queensland winning state of origin. I'm a Hobart boy, you yeah, know, you footy, really cricket. I'm not too much. Yeah. What, what I love about the state of origin, so this is... The fans are so no, like... No, but this is, this is hot because, you know, like Tasmanians, who I know don't care about origin, they, they jump on Facebook and it's like, up the Maroons, you yeah. know? It's like, <laughs> what, since, since when since were you born when? in Maroochydore? Like, come on, let's be serious about this, so... Uh, Tasmanians are funny when it comes to the state of origin. It's it's a bit of a knot for me. I just it I is, can't get into it. It is funny. I grew up like for a long period in Queensland where it was just like 
every time the State of Origin was on, there was a party. Like, it's just nuts to get, get yeah. around it. It's, it's massive. But anyway, I was glad Queensland won, actually. What did, what did you... So there was a um, Tim Smith, former MP, um, you know, kind of came out and in huge support of the Biffo and there should be more of it. And, of course, mm. he got shot down, you mm. know, the emergence of, um, you know, concussions and long-term brain mm. injuries. What do you make of that? Because you know, as a kid, we, we used to watch the State of Origin rugby because you were guaranteed a Barney, and, and that's yeah. entertaining. But you know, in the modern day, what, what's what's your feeling? Yeah, on obviously, it, oh, yeah, it's as much as I'm not going to lie, it's exciting to it's, watch yeah. a good Barney. Like yeah. everyone loves seeing good Barney, yeah, but yeah. You, I guess you just can't you can't go there anymore. Like it is it is risky, obviously, with concussion and the sport itself. Like NRL, you're putting yourself at risk of concussion every time you I'm not every, of course yeah, you do in play. AFL yeah. as well but yeah. even more so um, with the NRL so as much as I'd like to see a biff it's probably not it's probably not worth it <laughs> particularly after so there were three concussions in the first minute and a half of yeah. that game wasn't there yeah. so it was already a brutal game but a, a, as a game itself league like you pick the ball up and you run and get tackled like you run Straight into away. a wall of people yeah um, that's like it's a, it's me every time game. I play footy <laughs> <laughs> just, just running into somebody it. and they yeah. just get rid of it. Holly. Tackle me. <laughs> um, and hot, then, oh, you, hot or not, the treatment of AFL journo Michael Whiting, yeah. who claims Lions' performance last game was subpar. Uh, Chrissy Fagan, Tassie boy, and, and Michael had somewhat of a confrontation where Chris invaded his space. Um, mm. what, what do you what do you make it? What do you make of all that? Hot or not? I think um, from Fags. <laughs> It's it was like it probably not, but I do. I really like I really like Fags, and I, he did come out and apologise um, to Michael Whiting. But apparently, like they, yeah, at the presser, it was quite heated, and they were quite close to each other. Apparently, didn't get physical, but then, um, yeah, Chris come out and and apologised later on. But a very small comment, like saying, "Oh, their performance was subpar." You would have thought Fags wouldn't be too concerned. Usually, it probably speaks to that there is quite a pre- pressure building behind the scenes of the club yeah, look at, at the moment, and it kind of maybe it just got him wrong time, wrong place, and just you know sometimes when you're already stressed and someone says something, yep. and then yeah, just just set him off. I, I do feel sorry for the coaches, yeah, and, and Fags is out of line in this instance if yeah. he has you know kind of been quite confrontational about it. Uh, and like I said, he's apologised to his own that, and and I'm sure you know he and, and Michael you know will be fine moving forward. But coaches umpire, uh, yeah, um, umpiring coaches, um, you know, coaching for you know an AFL game, the stresses and the emotion that that comes from two and a half hours mm. to then walk into a press conference and be have you have the performance picked apart by by journos would be very very difficult and we're seeing it more and more now that I mean the Luke Beveridge oh my God, scenario yeah. at the start of the year was off tap I mean that that was some of the most outrageous <laughs> nuts, things yeah. I've I've ever seen um I just wonder whether we need it like do do we need the coaches pre- press conference at the end of the game mm-hmm. can we have that the next morning like what is it worth it what yeah. benefits are there at the moment you know it's um and and the thing about I can't journos. imagine it'd be very enjoyable for the journos either. Like no, they're coming in no, and they're horrible. like, "Oh, great! They hate me!" Like, and I haven't even started talking. Yeah, like, you horrible. Know? And so, generally, at the end of those games, you've got a feel for what fell apart. You know, you, you, you're just getting some clarification from, um, you know, from the coach. So, mm. uh, yeah, I, I just wonder if, if, if the stress of it all, and particularly on coaches, it's a hard gig, is, is getting too much. Maybe we need to scrap that. Mm, interesting. Um, I've got hot or not for you, Jocker and, and Kyrgios's uh, bromance. 
bizarre. Bizarre, yeah, right? It's hot. I'm, I'm glad someone <laughs> I likes. I like it though. I, I'm, I'm just it's glad nice. someone likes Nick yeah. at the moment. Like, he's hard to like. Um, but uh, no, I think it's great. And look, I mean, he, <laughs> That's he's funny. It's it's you know he, he's such a good tennis player, Nick Kyrgios. He's so talented. Mm. Um, you know, so you know a lot of comments post the, his Wimbledon defeat that you know that there's a thought that this whole facade from him is just an excuse to to not try you know so mm. he can kind of be ah oh, well you know i you know i train you know, it's not that important to me it doesn't matter if i lose it's kind of it's a bit of a coping mechanism or so you know, Maybe, something yeah. to hide behind mm. but yeah because he was fully invested like in nadal and djokovic and um mm. federer um i i think he i think he could be at that level mm. you know winning multiple grand slams it's mm. um it's it, yeah he's a he's a strange uh, person to watch on Djokovic, like well, this wasn't um, sort of in the plan for today, but I did see last night he is keen to to come back to Australia. He doesn't hold any bad blood against Oz um, government or anything like that. And I was like, okay, well, he wants to come back here and play. So yeah, that's, that's interesting. That's a bit of a positive, um, yeah, because the Australian Open's obviously you know, enormous for, Massive, for yeah. us, yeah. Um, and I think obviously you know, Be good and to that's see him back. yeah, and and that's good recognition that someone that was you know, perceived, treated poorly, although I think he did maybe fudge some paperwork <laughs> different stages. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he wants to come back and play in that. So that, that, that's good. That's recognition. Water under the bridge, great news. That the Open itself is um, is liked and yeah. respected by the 100%. players. 100%. Yeah. Absolutely. And um, the last, last one. one. So we'll do get through this one quickly. Australia's Commonwealth Games athletes will be banned from supporting teammates at different events in Birmingham in a bid to reduce the threat of COVID on the team. Hot or not? Not. Mm. That would suck. Like, yeah. you're at the Com Games and you can't even have your team, like, there to cheer you on. Like, mm. I mean, you're all going to be together anyway at some point, I'd imagine. Yep. Like, would they be sharing rooms and whatnot? Like, I mean, at some point we just sort of have to get on with it, you know? Like, yeah. oh, my God, I'm so... Even saying the word COVID, I'm just like, ugh. I'll, be, I'll, I'll play devil's advocate on that one. Okay. And, and run with the, you know, if you're an athlete and... You know, you've worked four years for this. Mm. Is it worth going and, and supporting your teammates and running I the suppose, risk of having yeah. your four years of preparation ruined by, mm. you know, getting COVID? Um, yeah, it's, it, it is a hard one. Does it even matter getting COVID anymore? Like oh. if you... Jeez, we're, we're going down a dangerous path oh. here. I'm not sure. I don't, want to be, I don't want to be responsible for the anti-vaxxer stuff here. But... I'm not an anti-vaxxer. But I'm I don't just, know. Oh, God. You know, I just wish we could all just get on with it. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Oh. But it is it's something that we're going to have to navigate. I and know. particularly... Still with sport and the AFL now. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. The AFL's in in real treacherous position because if there's a if, you know if it runs rife through the through the players or a couple mm. of clubs business end of the year finals, mm, it's not ideal. Nah, horrible. Horrible. That is definitely a not hot. We'll be back after eight thirty. We've got an interview with Damien Dillon coming up. He is responsible for building a football history museum here in Tassie. It'll be a really interesting chat. We'll be back after this. Live across Tasmania on 1629 SEN Tassie and streaming live on the SEN app. This is Saturdays in Tassie. Get involved in the show anytime. Text 0437 552 535. 8.36, Brett and Holly here. Saturdays in Tassie, kindly joined by Damien Dillon. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. How are you, mate? I'm very well, thanks, Holly. That's uh, very, very good. Can't complain. Now, tell us um, about 
what you've been doing, um, I've been doing a bit of reading about this football history museum that you're working on. Tell us a little bit about this, about this and how it came about. Okay, so I first started um, back in March 2020 when sort of COVID first hit um, in Hobart when we went into lockdown. Yeah. Um, Robert Shaw and uh, um, our sort of a few other people started a Facebook page, um, the Tasmanian Australian past players and officials and family group just to keep people connected um, cool. during that time when we all couldn't get out yeah. and about and do things. So um, we've currently got um, just under 6,000 members um, since oh we God. started in March, March 2020, so it's sort of grown quite a bit. And um, we've got a, uh, a museum project that we're working on at the moment. So um, we approached the state government um, a couple of years ago, back in December 2020. Mm-hmm. And um, then we had uh, quite a few meetings um, since then to now. And we finally, um, we've been granted $250,000 from the state government um, for our project for the curation of our items. So it's um, yeah, moving forward slowly, but we're going in the right direction. That's amazing. Dilly, uh, Brett here, mate. Um, now, I've got, a, I've, I've got a question for you. What? Why do they call you Piglet? <laughs> where, where, where does that come I'm, from? I'm not sure, but I think you might have started that when we played cricket together. <laughs> oh, right. Okay, I wasn't sure. And was it, I wasn't sure about that, if that, where that originated from. But, um, mate, congratulations, because I know that this is something that, in the background, you've been working on for quite a while. You're you know, uh, and historian, uh, if, if you like, of, of Tasmanian football. Um, give us an idea of some of the, uh, some of the pieces that you hold. Um, you know, that, you know, so if we're coming to the museum, what, what, is, what is the number one thing that people will want to see? Uh, well, one of the pieces we got was uh, um, earlier, or late last year, we were um, contacted by the Leach family um, and William Leach, who's known sort of as the father of Tasmanian football, they had a, an old jumper from the early 1900s. So we had that oh, wow. um, assessed. Wow. Yeah, had that assessed, assessed by the um, the museum here in Hobart, and they've aged it between sort of late 1910, 19, early 1920s. So Jeez. it's an original original Tasmanian jumper with the the, the map of Tasmania, a little um, crocheted. Um, football on the front, so that's probably the prized piece we've got, and we've got um, trophies from um, the intrastate series where the north, um, the northwest, and the south would play each year. So that sort of that trophy was from 1951 through to 1979. So, and I've seen photos of that trophy, um, like one from the 1960 NWFU um, winning side, and the trophy is sitting in front of Daryl Baldock. So. Um, wow. There's uh, quite a bit of history out, out there yeah, and about, amazing. and no doubt, no doubt, there's still more tr- more um, memorabilia in people's cupboards and wherever mm. you, um, under grandstands and yep. um, in, yep. in back sheds and stuff like that. So there's um, probably more um, pieces of gold we can unearth. Going yeah, forward. yeah, definitely. That's awesome. And deals have have you have you got a location in mind yeah, for the museum? Will it that. will yeah. it be part of the Hobart Museum or will, it ha- will it, we have your own um, separate space somewhere? Well, at, at the moment, we don't have a like a standalone location, but that, that's what we'd like to to get mm. um, going forward. At the moment, we've um, we're in talks, um, got an in principle agreement with um, Libraries Tasmania. Um, they contacted us oh, yeah. a few weeks ago, and they've offered us 
units on storage space in one of their facilities. So the collection that we do have currently, um, we can store it there. So we're not having to keep it in, in not so safe, yeah. Like, yeah, 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 under the houses. And um, <laughs> they've also offered us um, some space in the um, Murray Street uh, library and also oh, cool. other venues around Tasmania to, to sort of showcase some of the items we do have. So we've got people from all around the state that are um, collecting items in our That's group. Awesome. So um, no doubt we'll be able to show off something in Launceston and, and the northwest coast. But, yeah, that, that's our main goal is to get something standalone um, in one location, but that's obviously something we need to work towards. Mm. Um, so obviously probably that will happen over the next couple of years. So it's just sort of a big project. If we get a new stadium, maybe it will be in there. <laughs> front and square d- deals. I can see well, that front front. The front man of the Taz Museum at the uh, at the seven billion dollar cool. floating stadium. <laughs> well, that would be ideal, I suppose. That'd be um, unreal. Fingers crossed, we do get a nineteenth license, and they may have a, a room for us. That'd be nice. Who, what te- what team do you follow? Out of interest, um, I follow um, Essendon in the AFL. Oh, very good. Okay, yep, yep. Brett and, won't uh, like that because he's a Hawks man. No, he wouldn't. No, when Dills, Dills is a, um, <laughs> for those that don't know, and Holly, you, you know, you're a, you're not a local, but Dills yeah. is uh, a lot of flags down at Signet, OHA, ball oh, winner. Right? Did you win a William Leach medal, Dills? I, I did, yes. And did. Have you got yeah. that medal and will we find it in yes, the museum? It's, it's in the museum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, why not? It, it, it'll go in the museum, no doubt. Or go, go, <laughs> probably go to my son Harry first. Yes. Awesome. Very good, mate. Very good. Well, thank you so much for coming on. This is awesome. And I I can't wait to see this come to life, hopefully sooner rather than later. And if we do get a a new um, stadium, how cool would that be? More history. Yeah. 19th licensed. It's fantastic. Well, that's right. And and it'd be a great tourist attraction as well for local and and school kids as well. Definitely. 100%. Yeah, yep, absolutely. Well, congratulations on bringing this to life and, and the grant from the government. We can't wait to see what happens. Thanks for joining us. No worries. Thanks for your time. No Thanks problem. We'll be back after a short break. Live across Tasmania on 1629 SEN Tassie and streaming live on the SEN app. This is Saturdays in Tassie. Get involved in the show anytime. Text 0437 552 535. 8.47, Holly Fowler and Brett Jeeves here for Saturdays in Tassie, joined by Dean Ewington, owner of Oceana Health and Fitness. Thanks for joining us. No, my pleasure. Well, tell us a bit about what's happening here. Obviously, a few members have already strolled in this morning. It's, uh, it's quite busy for, for this time of the morning. Even when I was here setting up, had a few people strolling in. Quite a busy little establishment you've got here. Yeah, yeah well, look, Saturday mornings is um, probably more about the learn-to-swim side of things. You yes. Know, that's a big part of the business as well. And um, you know, obviously, a few members come in at... Uh, Work off Friday night's uh, treats, probably. Yeah, I know, uh, we were just talking about my um, <laughs> takeaway activities on a Friday night. I probably could have used a swim this morning, but uh, anyway, maybe after the show. <laughs> probably could have, uh, probably need to cut a few laps in the pool. You, you'll be my... fine. You went to a vegan bar. You'll be okay. No, yeah. I had Hungry Jacks last <laughs> oh, night. Oh, right. And I had Cold Rock. I need to get in the pool. Anyway, tell us um, what else is happening and um, uh, what support do you have around the community um, for all your programs happening here um, and what, what can someone that's um, coming here be involved in? Obviously, you've got the gym, you've got the pool. Yeah, well, look, a big part of what we do now is, is, is the coaching side of things where, you know, most people know what they need to eat and they know what they need to do in terms of exercise, but mm-hmm. it's having the accountability to make sure they turn up. So, um, you know, you've got your 24-hour clubs out there which are just access to equipment. Yeah. 
whereas we're sort of a little bit more about you know higher fee, higher service, and, and actually taking people from where they are when they start and um, you know keeping them accountable so that they um, they stick at it. But you know, I mean, you know, as we were talking before. Brett, you know, the, um, the industry changed a lot now and there's a lot of different um, options out there from, your, you know, like I said, your 24-hour clubs and your, um, you know, your boot camps in the, in the local park and, you know, things have changed a lot and you've got to find what works for you and, I mean, over the years we've changed around a fair bit but, um, you know, a lot of our members are probably a little bit older um, and, um, you know, they, they've been here a long time and, you know, and then the other side of the, you know, like I said, the learn to swim side of it is a, is a huge part of what we do as well. It's yeah, nice. I was going to ask, and you know, we spoke a little bit about this off off air. You know, twenty five, thirty years ago, you built this. this uh, it'll was be twenty six years in November. Twenty six years ago, yeah, so you know, and, and it's kind of um, it almost revolutionised um, you know the eastern shore in terms of fitness and gym access, and everyone was having to travel to the city, you know, the aquatic centre. Yeah. And as times progressed, and you know, and obviously COVID hit, and you know, you can you can drive down a random street, and you'll see three. Um, sheds, you know, that are running PT, and you can drive past a park, and there'll be a PT. How how have you had to evolve uh, with your business to, to to be able to compete against a lot of those you know smaller operations? Yeah, yeah. Well, look, I mean, I suppose I mean you got to have competition. It means that there's a market out there for what you're providing, but you just got to make sure you, you you work on what what your strengths are and what works for you. You know, you can't be everything to everyone. I mean, look, you know, when 24 hour clubs hit, you know, I realised that like I couldn't compete on price. Um, and we didn't want to, so you know we focused more on, like I said, you know the, the coaching and that side of it. And um, you know, I mean, I've got a lot of staff that used to work for me. They're out running those studios around the place, and one, one just as you, as you as you come in, and you know, a couple up Mornington Road, and you know, a lot are on the Eastern Shore. But you know, that's a good thing. You know, that means that you know they learned a lot when they were here, and you know, they they, yeah. they developed their skills. And you know, at the end of the day, it, it, it's good because there's more people out there providing good service and and looking after the community. Because um, we all know that a lot of people out there need a lot of help when it comes to getting healthier and fit. Mm-hmm. Um, you, know, and, and, you know, it's great to be involved in an industry that, that really helps people actually improve their quality of life and, um, you know, be able to um, hopefully live longer and, and be happier and healthier. Dean, how, how, have you, how have you navigated COVID? You know, like it's been, mm, it's been a really, been really challenging couple of years for, um, for the industry and in particular, you know, yourself because it's a huge building, you know, enormous overhead, staffing, Challenges. What 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 sort of things have you have you been able to put in place to, to well, be able to navigate that? Look, I mean, look, it, it, it didn't really. Look, I mean, we had the the, the the shutdown. I don't know whether you remember back when all that happened. So only they, a couple uh, of weeks, I suppose. How yeah. long was the shutdown? Oh, two here? weeks, three, three months. We were three oh, months. Was it three months? Was it three months? Yeah. I did six lockdowns in Victoria. I, I remember it being shorter than no, that. No, it was three months. Right. We, we were shut down. We shut down in March and we reopened in July. Yeah. Um, and I don't really remember Juicy when they uh, told us they could we couldn't open twenty four hours though. And uh, right. And I uh, went to the media and said, well, hang on a minute. Why can't we open? And then you'd give me the reasoning and then... Because COVID goes to bed at 9pm. Well, yeah, it was ridiculous. <laughs> you're you're going to oh, get us in trouble, Holly. I'll, I'll tell you a little bit more about what happened. And I went to the media and said, you know, and they, and then uh, the next week they said, oh, no, you can open 24 hours. So it was a, uh, that, was, that was a good story. I liked that bit because, you know, it was just a dumb decision to, to try and say you couldn't do it. You know, we are doing all the protocols in terms of washing down the equipment and yep. sanitising and, you know, social distancing, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But look, other than that, I mean, look, we've had the occasional staff member who've, um, you know, been off work, but, you know, we've got a pretty big, you know, we've got about sort of 40 staff in the gym side of things and 30-odd in the, um, the allied yeah. health side of it. It's huge. Um, you know, so, yeah, it was just, just the, the normal stuff. But, you know, I mean fitness industry and, and, and the way that we do things in the gyms, you know, I mean, you know, we're probably one of the cleanest places you can go because people are, you know, like I said, wiping the equipment down. They've got in the habit of doing that and, you know, we haven't had any situations where there's been any um, transmission inside the business that we know of. 
Yep. Um, and I don't know of any in the industry that's... I mean, there might have been a few here and there around, around the country, but, you know, not, certainly no more risky than anywhere else. Yeah. And but, this, is a, this is a big... Um, a business with obviously a lot of members, but do you get obviously get support from the community? Do you get much support from the government to keep things going? And no, to, no, 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 yeah. Look, totally commercial. I mean, you know, well, we get competition from the government, you know, yeah. I mean, you know, between you know the aquatic centre, the Clarence Pool, and um, mm. you know all these sorts of things. You know, they're, they're all you know subsidised by the by the the ratepayer or the um, or the state and federal governments, and then the uni gyms and um, all that sort of stuff, and then mm. the free stuff they give away through councils and, and state government. I mean, if anything, they um, the government pretty much undermine what we do because they don't really give us much support in terms of helping us to go out there and reach the community and they duplicate what we do whether it's you know heart foundation running free exercise sessions or yeah or the ngos who want to get people healthy and fit but none of them actually engage with the industry to actually help us you know reach out to some of the people that are probably a bit you know intimidated coming to a gym but so they try and compete with us you know which is you know one of the issues i've sort of taken up with the government over many years of uh, advocating for the role that the industry could play to to make things a little bit better yeah and you've 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 had uh, council positions you're still involved yeah on still a, on the on clarence a council yeah Clar- clarence yeah. council roles is, is that hard for you to, to manage you know, you've obviously got strong views towards the industry and you know, you're running your own commercial business does that you know kind of happen to balance between uh, well, the... Well, yeah, yes and no. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, you, you, when you put your council hat on, you're going to do what you've got to do for the community and, and make the decisions based on what's in front of you. Um, you know, but, you know, the other side of it is, I mean, it's, uh, you know, the reason why I went on council was to try and help um, us improve the, the sport and recreation infrastructure out there and the, mm. the things that the government should be providing, which is better infrastructure. Mm. Um, you know, and I mean, I've been a big advocate to try and see, like, a, you know, pavilion down at Bell Reef Beach where you've got a cafe and a restaurant on the beach and... And then, you know, That'd like cool. cha- change rooms and showers so people can go ocean swimming and kayaking and all those sort of things, which is what we need to focus on. You know, I mean, it's mm. not all about organised sport. You know, that, that's a big part of it. But these days, there's such a move away from organised sport into more individual type activities, you know, whether it be mountain biking or, you know, ocean swimming or kayaking or, you know, cycling or totally, you know, those yeah. sort of things. So, you know, you know, we've had a few wins in that space. I would have liked to have achieved a, a little bit more in the in the, in the four years. But, um, you know, I'll still be out there sort of advocating for what we need to do as a community to, to um, you know, and that's the one thing that we, we can do that we've got control over, which is, you know, how much exercise we do and eating a little bit healthier. I mean, you know, I love a beer too, like everyone else does, and trying <laughs> to find that balance between all those sorts of things is really what it's all about, rather than thinking it's all about hospitals and doctors and vaccines and drugs and all that sort of stuff. Honestly, you... I know, between the two... You two are getting us sacked. No, I... I've had all my vaccinations, thank you very much. And I only have Hungry Jacks once a week. Okay, I'm very healthy. Which is better than my four, so you're flying. Thank you so much for joining us and thanks for hosting us here today. And thanks for turning up. It's great to to have you here and, um, you know, that Tassie connection in in SEN is is great to listen to us regularly and um, you guys do a great job, so, you know, well done. Thanks, Tina. Thank you very much. We'll be back after a short break and uh, keep Saturdays in Tassie rolling. Live across Tasmania on 1629 SEN Tassie and streaming live on the SEN app, this is Saturdays in Tassie. Get involved in the show anytime. Text 0437 9am this morning, Saturdays in Tassie. Holly Fowler and Brett Jeeves with you. Thanks for joining us. If you're listening in, hit us up on the text line as well at any time. We, got, we did get a text earlier. Um, they helped us out with remembering the name. <laughs> ben, Buckley, ben Buckley, it was. Yeah. I'm getting... Um, oh, Hutchie messaged us. Holly and BC, show sounding great. Well played, Hutchie. Bless <laughs> him. The boss. Yeah, love That's it. That's handy. I, I've got to admit, I flicked over you were going through your messages before and I saw Ben Buckley and I was like... 
Oh, God, I hope he hasn't messaged in to have a crack at us. No, no. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> Guys, you got remember the, me. Got the tremors going. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, yeah. That would have been cool. quite funny. I got an idea for a segment. How about a segment on here? Where are they now? Like a where are they yeah. now segment. Just wondering where Peter Gilligan is these days, former Southern Cross. It's actually a good idea. And, and that I, is a cool idea. I, I like often that. wonder about Peter Gilligan myself. Yeah, um, what is he up to? Alex Johnston, who's the Win News um, director down mm. here and a friend of mine, he does the best Peter Gilligan impersonation I've ever heard. Oh, my God, stop. Uh, he, go, he goes word for word on, on this, old, uh, this old news clip from years ago, and it's... Um, it's it's hilarious. So whenever we have a few beers, uh, AJ jumps in. The, but yeah, that, that's oh actually God. really that's good a really idea. Good Thank idea. you for the text. Thank you. I didn't leave their name, but whoever. Um, oh, JB. Thanks, JB. We'll uh, we might have to do that. So that's a great a idea. idea. Okay, cool. I'm going to implement that. Just next means session. more research for you. <laughs> no, that's good. You're helping. Go get them, Holly. Helping me now. Um, I want to start this discussion with you and find out what your opinion is on um, the Jack Ginevan free kicks conversation. Is the problem him taking advantage of the rule or is the problem at an AFL level allowing the rule to continue? We were chatting earlier about the NRL and I guess the importance of protecting people, especially with concussion protocols. I I do think that's so important. Um, Other people say, you know, he's become a master of the drop and drawing the opposition to a high tackle and scoring free kicks is a skill I just don't – I like – head knocks obviously are contributing to players um, with concussions, memory loss, mental health problems down the track. Um, do you think the AFL should allow this to continue it's, or what do you think? It, it, it's a really difficult one. You can make a case for both sides. I think um, mm. I think the young fella's crafted it beautifully. You know, he is – I'm just playing this video in yeah, further so we can watch can it. Yeah, it. But, um, you know, he is taking advantage of, um, you know, the fact that players in the modern day, if if young Jack's over the ball picking it up, Players are really reluctant to get down to the same level through fear of, <clears throat> excuse me, um, of impacting a, um, you know, the head or, mm. um, you know, because we've kind of seen if 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 the person making the play on the ball gets gets clocked over, mm. you do weeks. Mm. Um, so you know, players aren't getting as low as him, which means that he can kind of drive himself up. Uh, cre- credit to him, I, I think it's terrific. You know, he has been able to take advantage really well of. Uh, of you know, a little loot loophole, I guess it's when the challenge for the umpires is working out when he starts at the same level as the player approaching him mm. and then goes lower. So, you know, we're seeing mm. some footage. There was one on the boundary. Uh, North are so up. <laughs> yeah, yeah and, and yeah, and they're going nuts. But you can see the player approach him. They're at the same level. He buckles at the knees, gets mm. high. He was actually called for holding the ball in, in that instant. And it was the perfect decision from the umpire. Mm. The challenge is, you know, I think in, in those other instances where, um, you know, y- you can kind of see that he is just getting it high, but mm-hmm. the umpires are kind of like, well, we know his play. Um, you know, may- maybe maybe we don't play it. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see. I-, I think I think a couple of years ago they implemented a rule where if you ducked yeah. um, into the player and got tackled, then that was your prior, and it was actually meant to be holding the ball. Um, and we haven't seen that a great deal until, you know, the last few weeks where, yeah. where, where young Jack um, Ginevan is, is being pinned. So, yeah, it um, says at present the AFL has guidelines about calling play on when there is a head contact after a player drops or when a player ducks or when a player plows forward with head down or when a player lifts his arm. And you can see Jack lifting his arm after it. Yeah. He knows what he's doing, Oh, right? it's clever. It's, and, 
And you do have to respect it because it's very impressive. He's found his little loophole. I just wonder how long he's going to get away with it. Yeah, I think it's over for him, to, to be honest. And I reckon too, yeah. We're starting to see him being umpired differently to, to um, other players. And, and, of course, if you go on so- social media and have a look, you know, um, the Collingwood supporters are up in arms that you can't mm-hmm. have different rules for, for Jack and everyone else. And, you know, they're talking about this, um, Joel Selwood, of course, who of course, you know, has yeah. that little arm yes. bar, the yep. little arm race that, that, that he's been able to affect for, for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they play it out, the AFL, because, you know, we have rules on the run with the AFL. It's become a huge problem. You know, the game is, you know, forever evolving and shifting and, you know, if you look at if you look at the NBA as an example, you know, like the, the the rules of basketball have been the rules of basketball. You know, there are some minor little changes and not as many changes as. But the these are yeah, these are these are huge <laughs> changes, and it up. and it really you know the stand rule and the restricted area is just abysmal. Like yeah. it's it's completely outrageous. I, I love it when you know someone takes a mark and you have to run if you're running from behind them, you have to run around the imaginary square. Yeah. Like well, what what are what? we doing? What are we doing? It's um. It's completely preposterous. So. You're saying what everyone's thinking. Yeah, Love it. it's a hard one. <laughs> we'll be back after this. We've got news and then we'll be back with Leanne Salerno. She is the manager of the Greyhound Adoption Program in Tassie. Really excited to chat to her after this. Live across Tasmania on 1629 SEN Tassie and streaming live on the SEN app. This is Saturdays in Tassie. Get involved in the show anytime. Text 0437-552-535. Holly Fowler and Brett Jeeves here with you this morning, 10 past nine on Saturdays in Tassie. For foster or adopt a greyhound today, visit gaptas.org.au. Welcome, Leanne Salerno. You are the Greyhound Adoption Program Manager. Thanks for joining the show. Good morning, Holly and Brett. Thanks for having me. No problem at all. Where are are you in in the state? Uh, We're based in Mangalore. Oh, lovely, lovely. Yeah, just north of Hobart. Lovely, nice and cold this morning. Thanks for joining (laughs) us and please tell us a little bit about the Greyhound Adoption Program. I know a bit having um, a fair bit to do with Taz Racing and I just love love this program and and you're a massive part of it and and a real leader for this um, program in the state. Tell us about how how it came about and why you're so passionate about it. Yeah, sure. Thank you. Um, So I've been in Tassie since April uh, 2021, so very new to the state. I've I've come over from Victoria uh, and I saw this opportunity uh, managing the the GAP facility here in Tass and I thought, I I really can't miss this opportunity. It's a a once-in-a-lifetime kind of uh, opportunity. So um, I found myself here in Tasmania at the start of uh, April last year and um, we've got 27 greyhounds here at the moment, so we're actually at capacity and we're looking at transitioning uh, greyhounds into retirement um, mm-hmm. and it's, we've got a really good team at the moment. We've got a, a dedicated trainer, uh, passionate and committed uh, animal care attendants and, and an office manager who, um, you know, he's really passionate about the work that she does as well. So we've got a really, really good team. Um, and we've had a lot of success this year with some of the events that we've had, like our National Adoption Day and uh, the Jack mm-hmm. Jumpers um, event. Uh, yes, well, I and, saw, uh, I was yeah. there when the dogs were uh, out the front, and <laughs> I, um, I was very distracted on my way in. 
<laughs> yeah, so they cute. have that effect, don't they? Yeah, yeah they yeah. certainly do. And we spoke about like the perception of these animals that they're just crazy and, you know, having um, been ex-racing animals, but quite the opposite, right? They're actually very cool, calm, collected, cuddly little creatures. They really are. And they have been coined the couch potato and, and that describes yeah. them to a T. So they're, they're really quite a lazy dog. They're very quirky. They're very, um, they have very unique personalities. Um, but you're right, it is, that, is it, it is that perception. You know, people see a large dog and, and, you know, sometimes out the street with a muzzle on and they're just like, oh, you know, that, that doesn't kind of um, present them very well. But when they transition into pet life, they, they're just amazing. And with um with families, Leanne, sorry, I just dropped out there. With yes, um yes, with yes. with uh with families, you know. So I mean, it's it, it is hard at the moment. You know, buying buying a pet if you want a a, a pure breed retriever, you're looking at four and a half grand and about a thirty eight week wait. Um, yeah. to, you know, like are they are they good family dogs? Good with kids, greyhounds? Because you know there is a huge opportunity out there for people looking at a dog. Um, you know, to, to, to step in and, and, and help them. And they out. come train. You don't even have to train them. You don't need to train them. No. They're, well, it's That's everyone's right. wings. So t- tell, tell us about their interaction with kids and um, how, they, how they fit in the family life. Yeah, sure, absolutely. Look, we, I think what's important is we try and get the match right. Every individual dog um, is different and unique in their characteristics and personalities. So we really need to make sure that we get the, the dog matched right to the right family and vice versa. Um, a really important part of the process for us is, is the foster care program. So once dogs have, have um, got their green collar uh, through the assessment process here at GAP, we then move them into foster care for about three weeks. And, and what that does is it allows us to learn a little bit more about the greyhound and how they respond in um, environments outside of the kennel. So mm-hmm. what they might be like in a lounge room with the vacuum cleaner on or the washing machine going or you know, the lawnmower or when the grandkids come over. So it's a really, really important part of the program. Um, we learn a lot more about the dog um, and then we're in a better position to match them up. But they make really, really, overall, they make really, really good family pets, uh, great with, um, with kids, uh, with other dogs. Um, and hopefully later this year we'll have some cats and we'll be able to determine suitability for cats as well. Yeah, I love that. So for and there are a lot of people out there like myself. Like I would absolutely adore and love to have a dog, but my lifestyle at the moment, traveling around for work and things like that, um, it wouldn't be fair to have one full time. But there are probably people like me out there that do spend a bit of time at home or might have periods where they're working from home, and they could help out just by fostering and preparing. Like that's just as important, I guess, getting them ready for their forever home as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a really important part. So it's only three weeks. Uh, we provide all, all the food and um, all, everything that you need to foster for, for that three-week period. We drop the dog off and, and we pick them up as well. Um, but it, it's, a really, it, it's a really important step in the process. So as you mentioned, it teaches them about transitioning to that pet life, you know, going on mm-hmm. walks and experiencing birds and, and cats and other dogs and other people in the street and, you know, cooking on a, <laughs> on a bench and, you know, often greyhounds being so big will come up and have a sticky beak and, and yeah. you know, what, what are you cooking for dinner? And so it's teaching them about manners as well and, and, um, and, and, and generally about home life. Well, I think Brett and I need to come out and maybe do a show with all. Yeah, <laughs> with all that's the dogs. A, that's actually a great <laughs> idea. We we need to lock that in. I'm I'm a sucker for for puppy dogs. If I'm walking down the street and Aww. it could be any breed, I'll stop and pat. My kids actually laugh at me that I'll cross the road to actually get to the dog. It's um, <laughs> dogs are the best. They they 
They really are. And I've, I've always loved this program. It's an unbelievable um, you know, program that, that, that looks after the welfare uh, of dogs, um, you know, ex-racing dogs. So um, congrats to you guys. Yeah, and, it's um, fantastic. Yeah, it's, and we, we have to get out there. That's yeah, we definitely, yep. Leanne, you're going to have to have us out there one day to do our show. We'll mic a few dogs up. and. <laughs> oh, yeah, that'd be... Oh, please, like and a... and will, one, will one day be enough? <laughs> oh, no. It's like a special <laughs> version of heaven. <laughs> I like know. 27 <laughs> puppies. Just, yep, I'll probably just play ads for two hours and <laughs> yeah. we'll just be laying down with the dogs. Yeah, forget the show. <laughs> we'll have a live stream. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so oh, much, yeah. Leanne, for joining us. And thank you for what you do um, for these yeah, precious phenomenal. animals. Yep. If you do, if you do, if this does interest you to foster or adopt a greyhound, please visit gaptas.org.au. Thank you so much, Leanne. Thank you so much for having me. Thank Thanks. You. We'll be back after a short break. Live across Tasmania on 1629 SEN Tassie and streaming live on the SEN app. This is Saturdays in Tassie. Get involved in the show anytime. Text 0437 552 535. On Saturdays in Tassie, Word Association. 9.21 a.m. Holly Fowler and Brett G's with you. Saturdays in Tassie. Have I played Word Association with you yet? I've not seen it, but I can guess what it is. Yes, of course. I've kind of laid the framework in my head. I'm ready. I'm prepared. Okay, Scott Pendlebury. Legend. Love it. He's phenomenal, isn't he? So three, good. So it's 350 games. 350 games. Yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, he is, yeah, leader, legend. Yeah. Um, he'll go down as one of the absolute greats. And, and he's a clean skin as well. Yeah. Like, he's just, he's, he handled his, handles himself superbly. Legend. Yeah, love All it. All right, I've got one for you. And this, would be, this is good. Mick <laughs> Kyrgios. Entertaining. You, what? I'm just not, I'm not, a, I'm not on board. You're not on board? <laughs> no, I'm not on board. We are not, okay. What's your one word for Nick Curios? Petulant. What does that mean? Childish. Someone get me a dictionary. Childish. <laughs> <laughs> you know what that means. You, you, I, I you're messing with me. I don't know what petulant means. I've never used that word in my entire life. <laughs> it's going to become a feature for you now, for the day. You watch, <laughs> you use it 700 say. times. I'm pretty petulant <laughs> then. Um, Novak. Oh, it's, this is actually harder than I than I thought. Because um, I want to say legend again. Um, great, great, phenomenal goat. He's the, yeah. I mean, him and Federer and Nadal. They've amazing. They've been um, generational shifters. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you know, to have that level of talent across a generation is huge. And what they've done for the next generation, I think, is is going to be even larger. Mm-hmm. So, one hundred percent. David Noble. Um. David Noble. What's a word right now? I can't. It's, I'm, I'm really bad at just doing one word. Um, <laughs> it, 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 oh. it is a little harder than, than I thought it would be. Um, David Noble. What's a word for someone that just like gives it a crack? Um, like a battler. 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 Yeah, I feel bad for old Noble at the moment. He's stiff. Yeah. Would, would be the Poor word. Guy. Yeah. He's stiff. been har- harshly done by. Hard done by. Um, and I. Made a note here that we're going to um, we're going to give uh, you a bit of space to do your NBA update because yeah. I just leave that to you. That's all good, um, and I know that it's it's a hit. It's it's been a hit, so we'll uh, just a, yeah, quick a quick rundown of the week. Um, 
DeAndre Ayton signed uh, an offer sheet with the Indiana Pacers. So I'll break that down for you. So he's, he was a restricted free agent, mm-hmm. uh, which means that his team, the Phoenix Suns, could match any offer made to him in free agency. Okay. Um, so, you know, they, they still hold control over his contract. So then uh, Indiana Pacers make a huge bid, I think $33 million a year over four or five Pardon? years. Huge money. Uh, Phoenix very quickly matched that. Um, mm-hmm. The challenge with that for Phoenix is there's been a lot of talk that they'll you know, that they've been heavily involved in in talks uh, for the Brooklyn Nets Kevin Durant who requested mm-hmm. a trade. Um, one of the clauses if you if you match the restricted free agency bid is that um, that player has total control over where they're traded or even if they're traded for a 12 month period. So mm-hmm. uh, so the potential of the Suns matching that offer sheet means that you know that the, the you know, there's a suggestion that perhaps their involvement in the Nets deal could be off mm-hmm. um, unless DeAndre Ayton wants to get to Brooklyn. But you'd imagine okay. he would only want to go to Brooklyn if they're a championship threat. If they're swapping him for Durant, then that right. would lessen that opportunity. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, it, it kind of does mean that talks around the, the Kevin Durant stuff um, will... Um, We'll have to start again a little bit. So, um, and, and look, part of the problem for Brooklyn is that their demands for Durant um, are, are nowhere near being met. So uh, Rudy Gobert went for a record haul of um, four first-round draft picks. Um, the draft pick from, from this year uh, from the Timberwolves, uh, a host of players. There was thought that, that Durant is you know, of higher value than uh, Rudy Gobert, mm-hmm. um, and, and that, that simply isn't happening at the moment on the market. Uh, so interesting to see what happens with Durant over the next couple of weeks. The other one is Utah Jazz are now fielding offers for Donovan Mitchell, who they suggested uh, wasn't going to be on the table as part of their their rebuild. They've, they've put him on the block, um, and the new U, the New York Knicks are heavily engaged. There is the is the talk, um, and they they have the draft draft equity to be able to you know reach that level of four or five first round picks, mm-hmm. uh, along with um, some salary filler. They've got some nice young players. Um, Manuel quickly, um, young Grimes, Quentin Grimes, doing well in summer league. So it'd be interesting to see what plays out there. Um, Knicks, they've teetered for a while. They've been poor. They're a bit of a laughing stock. Um, uh-huh. you know, this is their opportunity to bring in the star player they've wanted. They signed Jalen Brunson last week mm-hmm. on the lure of you know um, uh, you know more ball time. You know, not being in Luka Doncic's shadow uh, from the Dallas Mavericks as much. Um, if they bring in Do- Donovan Mitchell. Um, who has the ball as much as Luca, but doesn't pass it as much? Um, what role does you know? What impact does that have on Jalen Brunson? So, mm. uh, yeah, it's been, been an interesting week. Summer league rolls on. The Aussies are, are killing it over there. Josh Giddy's been on fire. Uh, he, he's you know looking like he'll take a pretty big leap this year with the OKC Thunder. And um, that's about it for the wrap. Yeah, love it. How was it. that? Short that and sharp? That was good. No, it was good. We're right on time. We Thank it, you. We got it sorted. I'm getting absolutely schooled about... I'm going to be an NBA expert. You'll be a nufty like me. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not quite to level, Oh, I love it. I just, it's become an obsession, unfortunately. absolutely do love it. Short yeah. break now. Uh, we'll get the news. And after that, we're going to chat all about Buddy Franklin. Live across Tasmania on 1629 SEN Tassie and streaming live on the SEN app. This is Saturdays in Tassie. Get involved in the show anytime. Text 0437 552 535. 
9.30 a.m. Holly Fowler, Brett Jeeves with you, with you here for Saturdays in Tassie. Buddy Franklin is reportedly has options. Um, his wife, Jacinta, come out earlier in the week and, and said, yeah, he's got a few options. No need for concern for old Buddy. He joined um, the Swans from Hawthorne back in 2014 on a nine-year, $10 million deal, but a reduced contract as Buddy looking elsewhere. What do you reckon? Where do you reckon he's going to go? I think he. Um, there was talk of potential retirement um, yeah, but then he's. I think Jacinta had come out and said um, he still wants to play. He feels young. He feels fit. He feels good. He's like, still playing good footy. There's no 100%. doubt about that. But he's I think, 35. Yeah, and 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 that's the challenge. So you know, obviously, the older you get, the more risk you are of of injury and needing the rest and manage your body. Uh, interesting that, that Jacinta is now an accredited player manager mm. or on her way to yeah. be. Yeah. Yep. So she's um she's getting heavily involved in the, the yeah, media aspect. I love of, it. So is she managing Buddy? I don't know if she's managing Buddy. I don't believe so. Don't quote me. Well, but as I his don't... wife, she probably is anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. To be fair. <laughs> we'll end up sacked after this. <laughs> you and your vaccine mandates. <laughs> I'm not. I'm only joking. I just... <laughs> Got my booster all right. No one come for me. Yeah. No, I'm I... Just... Yeah. It's yep. just, um, I'm just sick of hearing that COVID, that's all. That's <laughs> it's fine. Tiring, yeah. <laughs> but Buddy's, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, you know, I, I, love, uh, I, I love Twitter because, you know, you can type in Lance Franklin and you get the opinion of everyone. Mm. And, it, and it's really interesting. Uh, a lot of Hawthorne supporters talking about, you know, how much, of, how much it would mean to them if Buddy finished his Have career back, with yeah. the Hawks. And you do wonder whether there's a part of Buddy that, that might feel like that would be a great ending to, mm. to come back and, and farewell the Hawks, Hawks supporters who loved him. He did say he like, would be open to a move back to Melbourne. Yeah. Which would be interesting. But a lot of talk around family. I think his family are, are based in WA. So mm. is that right? I think his, his parents are... He's a Perth boy. So yes. I'm not sure if they're still there. So your potential of a, a West Coast or geez, Fremantle with Franklin at the moment um, would be... Mm. Very, very difficult to beat. Yeah. Um, that that that's probably the one thing for them that you know that that scoring load. Matt Tabernard's been pretty good. Mm. Um, geez, you had Franklin into the you know their midfields on fire. So yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, but yeah, as, as a Hawk supporter, I would geez, I, I'd be willing to pay the seven hundred k just for the yeah. Um, well, because he, he was lowballed five hundred k and he wants seven hundred k. Yeah, sure. Come on, Hawthorne. That'd yeah, maybe 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 stump it up, but. You know, it doesn't fit what the Hawks are trying to do, but it would be unbelievable for Hawthorne supporters yeah. to... Well, my, my dog's um, 15, Retriever. Oh, yes. Yeah, and he's, <laughs> uh, he's Buddy. Well, 14, turning 15. His, his name's Buddy because, um, you know, I just love Buddy Franklin. And yeah. uh, then when he left for the Swans... Uh, yeah. yeah, he used to have this dog reminding me. Yeah, and the Swans would, you know, would beat up on the Hawks and Franklin... And I'd have to kick mm. the dog in, you know... I wouldn't kick my dog ever, but... Um, yeah, so, so so there's that part of it, and then you wonder the the premiership aspiration. So is there, mm. you know, is a potential move fueled by the want for more flags? And look, Sydney's a good spot for that. They got a uh, Chad Warner. Uh, I saw someone during the week. It might have even been SEN's Kane Corn say that he'll he'll win a Brownlow. Um, and mm. he, he is amazing. He's a he's a beautiful footballer to watch. He's just hard at it. He, he kicks well. Um, yeah, what, what's what's your take on it all? What, what are you thinking? I don't thinking? know. I don't know where he'll end up. Ben Dixon um, came out and said he'd fit right in at Collingwood. Then there's chat about Bombers that have $2 million in cap space. I don't mm. know. I reckon he might end up back at Melbourne. I don't know. Back um, in Melbourne somewhere. Maybe that's just because, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. 
Yeah, if I'm him, I probably would would try and stick with the Swans. Like they're they're on a pretty good path mm. um, for, are, for a flag, yeah. and they've 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 looked after him. That deal we signed in in that moment was uh, was outrageously big and came mm. with a, a, an enormous amount of question marks. Um, yeah, and, and the fact that he's actually been able to see out that contracts to be yeah, in a position to negotiate good. another one is, is an unbelievable effort from him mm. because many many question that that you know his longevity will he will he even be playing football at 35 mm. um you know so what what does that contract look like in in the last couple of years what sort of forms are going to be and it's hard to predict it you know 25 26 year old what do they look like at 20 at, at 35 but mm. uh yeah he's he's a marvel um he's done it really well so yeah, he's, he's in that position where he has the right to see out his career whichever way he wants to see it out. He's one of the mm. greats of the game. So, Although back at Hawthorne, that would be pretty special. That'd That'd be be awesome that would be awesome for us. That would be pretty cool. The, yeah. the sad thing for him is he's not going to win anything with the Hawks. Um, you know, if he does come back, that would just be a, a pure... Like, it's based purely on romance yeah. of, you know, like trying to, trying to, you know, sort of win back the hearts of Hawks fans. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let us know what you think. We've opened up the text line. It's 0437 552 We'll be back after a short one. Live across Tasmania on 1629 SEN Tassie and streaming live on the SEN app. This is Saturdays in Tassie. Get involved in the show anytime. Text 0437 552 9.40am, Holly Fowler, Brett Jeeves with you here for Saturdays in Tassie. We're going to go through round 17 and give an injury update for HCI Healthcare Insurance. For easy health insurance, say hi to HCI. First off the rank today, Adelaide Crows versus Collingwood. Um, in, we've got Lockie Murphy back, Mitchell Hinge and Shane McAdam. Um, and obviously our outs, Ben Davis for MedSub, um, Jackson Haightley omitted, um, James Rowe omitted, and Matt Crouch omitted. Matt, Matt Crouch just can't get a run at it, can he? I, I mean, at his, at his best, he's, uh, he's an unbelievable ball winner. Um, I saw, I saw a, a remarkable stat from last week against the Hawks. So between Crouch, Laird... And one of their other midfielders, whose whose uh, name escapes me, you know, they won some hundred possessions with an average meters gained of six. Mm. Um, so the challenge for Adelaide is getting it, rather than the chippy handballs that in these these little kicks, try and move it forward. I mean, you know, you listen to the commentary all the time, and they talk about speed on the ball. You know, is 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 the most efficient way for the forwards to you know to to score and mark and. Um, if your average possession is six metres gained, um, mm. there's too much fluffing around. So mm. uh, the Crows will need to need to shift there. I wonder if Crouch is a you know, is a potential North Melbourne target, hardened body, mm, big midfielder. Like he, he'd be a pretty good fit for them. He would be a good fit for them. Um, has you know played at the high, highest level for quite a while. Mm. Um, yeah, and then for the Pies. Who are they? Uh, yeah, Collingwood. So Ash Johnson makes his debut with Darcy Moore back, which is quite That's awesome. uh, amazing given that uh, there was a, a view when he limped off the other week that yeah, that was going to be a good. serious long-termer. Yeah. Trent Bianco back into the team. Uh, Isaac Quainer out with uh, health, health and safety protocols. Mm. Oliver Henry's been omitted. That surprises me. He's, um, he's been quite impressive. Uh, quite like him. Uh, Taylor Adams is injured and Tyler Brown as uh, the Medi sub. Mm, yep, last interesting. Week. So I reckon Collingwood have got this this week. Yeah, pretty comfortably. I, I reckon comfortably. Yeah. They're in my multi, so I'd really like to think that they <laughs> they will uh, they will win. And for 350 games for Pendles, uh, let's hope. 
Um, then we've got GWS versus Lions. Who are you picking, Giants or, or Lions? Yeah, tough one. I need to see the ins for the Lions. Yeah, so yeah. we've got ins. They're all back. So the ins, Archie, McStay, Darcy Gardner, Harris Andrews, Kaiden Coleman, Noah Ainsworth. And then outs, uh, Michael Carter, James Madden, Tunstall's been omitted, Marcus Adams is injured, Oscar McInerney out with health and safety protocols, Lauren Lester's been omitted, Tom Fullerton omitted. So we know last week the news was that uh, Brisbane were, were gutted with um, uh, some injury and uh, COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, so with all those ins, um, I'm thinking the Lions over GWS. Yeah, I reckon yeah. too. I've it's t- at Metricon, I think. Yeah, I've tipped them is. and um, the ins for GWS. Uh, not Metricon, that's Gold Coast's Metric- stadium. <laughs> um, uh, what's it, the showgrounds, I think? In- Gabba. In Brisbane? No, no, it's in Sydney. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh. Bloody hell. My bad. Sorry. Move forward. (laughs) Quickly. And quickly. (laughs) And our outs for um, GWS, Adam Kennedy's injured, um, Callum Brown admitted, Lockie Whitfield injured, Phil Davis injured. A few injuries there for GWS. Um, Then we move to North Melbourne versus Richmond. Uh, Who you got? (laughs) Northern uh, Richmond? Well, there's there's this old thing where when the coach gets sacked, uh, the I know. team generally oh, wins. Right, you know. So I don't think in this instance. I, don't, I, yeah, think, look. Uh, I think the Tigers, uh, and, they'll, and they'll be fuming after coughing one up last week against Gold Coast yeah. at Metricon. Mm. Um, so uh, Jason Horn Francis is back in. Yep. Um, out David Noble, uh, <laughs> Charlie Lazaro, and uh, Jack Mahoney. So... Uh, you just wonder with, with Noble um, whether, you know, dropping Horn Francis last week, whether that was his call, whether that's, you know, maybe played a part. Because mm. it does seem like he's, he's pretty, um, he's pretty, what's the word, disenfranchised, I suppose, with, with the way things are going. Um, Horn Francis mm. um, in the twos, you know, he's, um, his body language is poor. Um, so, yeah, hopefully he can find himself over the next few weeks. Mm. You? Uh- what, what are you thinking? Um, I'm going Richmond. Richmond. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. It's a smart bet. I yeah, think. <laughs> I think so. Um, our outs for Richmond this week, Ivan Soldo's injured. Jack Arts omitted. Jason Castagna omitted. Maurice Rioli omitted. Thompson Dow omitted. And Tom Lynch injured. Tom and, Lynch, that's, a, that's and the not ins, ideal. Gipkis, Flaston, Bolter, Cochin. And making his debut, Tyler Sunsey. Yes, how exciting. That's exciting. That's a good one. Love to see the debutantes. Love it. And then moving um, on to Carlton v Geelong. Um, who you got, Carlton or Geelong? It's at the MCG, and I, I like Carlton at the MCG, but in, in saying that, um, the Cats are playing hot footy at the moment. I think I think the Cats are winning this one. Uh, Liam Stocker comes in for the Blues, and out go Josh Honey and Lockie O'Brien. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the Cats, Jake Kolodashnidge back in and out. Jed Buse being managed and Quinton Narkle, who was the medi-sub last, um, last week. Yeah, good one. I think I tipped Geelong. Anyway, yeah, I think the Cats. We'll I, I think you might be right there. I wouldn't have that one in your multi, though. That's, no, uh, it's definitely no, not. You don't it's want that as your, sitting in my multi. as your banker. No. Um, then we'll move on to Frio v Sydney Swans. Um, and we're our outs for that, we've got Ethan Hughes omitted, Liam Henry as our med sub, and Nathan Wilson omitted. Um, the Swans in Tom Hickey out, Harry Cunningham for med sub, and Peter Laddams uh, injured. And the ins for Frio, oh, Blake, sorry, yes, Blake Akers that. back in and, and Heath Chapman. Heath Chapman's exciting. Uh, Akers, some talk around uh, contract negotiations for him. He's, mm. he's had a flyer year. 
Uh, back to his early form with St Kilda, just a real, uh, you know, finding the footy and using it well. Um, so interesting to see if he, if he sticks around with Frio, who are, you know, finding themselves strong culturally. Same, yep. same with Rory Lobb. There's talk that he, you know, that he's put off contract negotiations and will look to get back to Melbourne, which surprises me because he's finally found himself as a player. Mm. Um, so, you know, which suggests that the environment's pretty good. Yeah. Um, you'd you'd, you'd kind of want to stay on a good thing, but, you know, the lure mm. of home is, is always a big it's one. All, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, moving on to Hawks and West Coast, um, our ins for Hawks, Jai Sarong at debut, Carl Hardigan uh, and Will Day. Did I, say, I used to have, I used to work with Carl Hardigan, absolute legend. Love yeah, him. he seems seems a good. He's huge. He's a the, really the tank. He's a really nice dude. Yeah. And then um, out. Uh, no, no outs for the Hawks. So no that's, outs. Oh that's, yeah. That's an extended good bench. News. Yeah. So they'll. That's um, good. That that would have been trimmed this morning. Um, yep. So the Sunday game. Absolutely. And then the ins for the Eagles: Alex Witherden, Callum Jamison, Jack Nelson. Uh, Jackson Nelson, Jai Cully from debut, the number one pick in the mid-season draft. So awesome. exciting to see him. He comes with big raps. Mm. Jamie Cripps and Xavier O'Neill. Cripps missed last week. He was a late withdrawal. Yep. Uh, and the outs are Jack Petrocelli, Nick Nat Nui, which is uh, he just cannot get a run at it. Um, yeah. You really feel for Nick Nat. Mm. Uh, and Willie Rioli out for personal reasons. Mm. Um, I think I think the Hawks on the back of last week, they, they, they look good. The midfield was strong. Uh John Newcomb's fast becoming uh, a, a star of the um, star of the comp. He, he's 100%. playing some amazing footy. He's a real bulldozer body, um, yeah. yeah. But he's, he, he looks like he's got a pretty good tank. Covers the ground well, and yep. he's a nice kick too. So um, he's certainly a player of the future for the Hawks. Mm, interesting. Um, Melbourne and Port Adelaide. Um, our ins for Melbourne: Adam Tomlinson, Jake Melksham, Cade Chandler, Luke Dunstan, Sam Weedman, and Trent Rivers. Um, out sadly, Clayton Oliver. Um, with injury, Harrison Petty for health and safety protocol, and Jake Bowie's admitted as well. Well, Clayton Oliver's killed the super coach dreams of, I know. of about <laughs> <We were> just <laughs> five million people. Yeah. Um, and if you've got lucky Whitfield and no trades like me, Whitfield was out as well with a hip complaint. Um, could be season over for a lot of super coach oh, no. fans, but I think um, I think the D's in that one. Who's your? Or they're, well, they're playing Port Adelaide. Yep. Uh, who's in? Are Riley Bonner, Stephen Motlop, Trent McKenzie, Xavier Dersma back in. Out Jed McKenzie omitted, so an extended mm. bench there for Port. Uh, Xavier Dersma's one that he 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 can't find himself at the moment. He's started the year injured. Um, hasn't been able to force his way back as a as a um, you know a valued member I suppose playing this bit bit parts role. Yep. He's enormously talented, so you know you hope that he can finish the season well. But mm. uh, the D's, I think they're. I've probably, got the D's yep. too. Um, then Bombers and Gold Coast Suns for the Bombers. Our ins are Alec Waterman, Jai, McK- Jai Menzies, sorry, and Mason Redmond. Well, importantly, Jai Menzies a Tassie boy. Yes. So mid-season draft um, from out of the the SAFL. Um, and they say we don't have talent coming we've out of We've got talent we've everywhere. Got talent. And if we nurtured it, we'd have even more talent. Absolutely. But uh, he's, a, he's a quick little crumbing forward, uh, good defensive pressure. He's been blitzing the, you know, the VFL, so an unbelievable story for him to, to get a crack. Yeah, awesome. Um, so that, that's super exciting. Watch out for him today. No um, outs for the Bombers. No outs. So an extended bench. Um, so, you know, we hope that the Jai is part of the team. Uh, the ins for the Gold Coast, uh, Darcy McPherson, Isaac Rankin back in, Jai Farrar, Oleg Markov, out uh, Malcolm Roses, who's mm. another member of my super coach team that uh, was a key <laughs> member of the bench. I was needing him for backup, but uh, he's out yep. injured. 
Um, I'm excited to watch Isaac Rankin. He played so well um, last last weekend or last game, and um, I just really enjoy watching yeah, him. Yeah, we He's spoke about him to last watch. week. Yeah. You, you quite like him, don't you? Yeah. Well, I I managed him at the probably oh, so three years ago. Bias, so there's a right, yeah, okay. there's a personal like because I gotcha. saw him when he was sort of developing and not you know doing so amazingly but yeah, now yeah. just to see him how he's developed it's and it's what um, I guess our team thought would happen yeah it's cool um, and, and he's, he's, so it's in, awesome. he's in a hard position isn't he because that, that small forward role you, you can have games where if your midfield stinks and, and you know you're not getting the entry or you're not getting the access yeah. uh, you can have you know really low numbers games um, but for him you know Gold Coast are flying um, and I, I, I think they'll win um, mm. which is uh which is big because it's away from their home grounds. Um, but, um, you know, I, I really like the Gold Coast. And I hope that – I'm a Stuart Jew fan. Yeah, So, like the too. way he goes about He's a fun <laughs> dude. So, yeah. Um, and, look, really importantly, in the, in the TSL, uh, huge game today with um, North Launceston playing Launceston. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're up in the north and, and you're listening, get along because yep. that's always heated. A quote from, um, from Lonnie coach Mitch Thorpe during the week that um, – uh, you know, he was quite open in that both teams hate each other. Yeah, right. Um, so As we were talking about before, there could be a biff. There could be some biff. So <laughs> if you want a bit of biff entertainment, get along. And, and always entertaining, although uh, Lonnie have had North's measure over the last little period. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, exciting. So if you're in the north of the state, you're looking for something to do, get along and um, and keep an eye on that. It's so much so, Launceston in round four, 18-22, defeated North, 3-5-23. Lonnie, 15-13 in round 10, 103 defeated North Launceston, 6-9-45. So Lonnie yep. have had their measure, um, mm, but we know that North will come out and and, mm. have, and particularly after those comments from Coach Mitch Thorpe that um, I might be, actually tune in and watch They'll breathe a little now. bit, yeah. So get along. Yeah, love it. Well, that's our round 17 predictions and injury update for HCI Healthcare Insurance. For easy healthcare insurance, say hi to HCI. We'll be back after a short break before we get out of here. Live across Tasmania on 1629 SEN Tassie and streaming live on the SEN app. This is Saturdays in Tassie. Get involved in the show anytime. Text 0437 552 535. Holly Fowler, Brett Jeeves with you. We're about to get out of here, but um, uh, Carolyn Wilson, Caro, I'm a big fan of her. Yeah, And huge. now I'm a big fan of her even more because she's <laughs> she's backing the, the Tassie team, which is super exciting. Um, coming out again against a few people basically saying, don't even get me started on Tony Cochran, she says. Um, and she remains a powerful advocate for the state's entry, believing costs will be covered by the upcoming more lucrative broadcast deal and dismissing player retention as an issue. Um I just love that. Well, she's, she's gone at, she's at Jeff Kennett as well. <laughs> yeah, you know, she's, she has. She, and, uh, she's quoted in, in, in an article this morning saying that, um, you know, Hawthorne have done nothing but rape and pillage um, Tasmania. And, yeah. you know, it's a really, really strong stuff. Um, and that, you know, Kennett's obviously conflicted. And I, I've, you know, I'm a Hawk supporter and, and a member. And we, we have a family pass to go to Lonnie and watch the games. And I, I, I must admit that I haven't liked it because it has come at... De, you know, come, come a detriment to our push for the license. You know, team, having yeah. having the support for Hawthorne and North North, North Melbourne, mm. it, it was required. Um, you know, because we we've such a thirst for it. But um, at some stage in the last you know four or five years, we really needed to cut that off if we were serious about you know kind of you know being able to come to the table with with some leverage. Um, so yeah, awesome of Carolyn Wilson. She's been a you know huge supporter of, of Tassie's push for the license. So I love that you've you've been here since August last year. 
and you're on board already. You're of kind course. of you're you're tazzy hard, yeah, which is great. I've so. really I've backed the jack jumpers. I've been so excited. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, yeah, let's get our team. I'm just claiming myself as a as a full Taz Taswegian now. Hopefully, you'll have me. So we're not. Well, I know you're in. We'll we'll take anyone as long as you've you know you're willing to sort of fly the flag. But um, that uh, that that date for you know, announcement of of oh, Tazzy's yeah, success that'll be yeah August. sort of um, that you know, is looming. Looms pretty quick. You know, it's not far away. Um, I'm trying to find out the exact date. If you know the exact date, can you text in? I'm trying to find it. <laughs> Holly, August date. Holly googling. I'm I'm actually looking at her search history here as well. She does that so. She's doing it cleanly, but um, mm. yeah, it's it's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out. There's some you know some sprinkling of word that it's it, it does look quite positive, and that and that the financial um, aspect from the Tasmanian government won't be uh, what's recorded from uh, some some Melbourne media types. You know, I know Eddie Maguire has been talking about twenty million dollars a year and the need for mm. yeah for all these types of uh, finances if it is to go through. I don't think it'll be that level of financial contribution mm. from the Tasmanian government. Um, you know, I heard as well that there is some support from uh, federal government to support the stadium. Yeah. Um, so you know, I think I think if it does go ahead, it's it's going to be something that those concerns around um, government funding, and particularly at a time when society needs all the help it can get with cost of living and fuel and mm-hmm. homelessness, and mental health, and, and our health system, mm-hmm. um, that it, it, it won't be the types of dollars that have been spruced. So it, mm. it does sound, you know, the, the, the ground level noise is quite exciting. It is exciting. Um, even um, recently, Gutters has gotten back on, gotten back on Twitter. He's opened up a Twitter account and he's all for it. The, he's the former Premier, fighting. he's yeah. back in the game, is he? That's good. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, he, he was excellent. You know, he, like was, he was, yeah. uh, He was really strong. So passionate. Yeah, yeah. I loved it. And, and, of course, the concern with him taking off. Um, was you know how the how foot the coming off the pedal and yeah, yeah, yeah does the next leader you know kind of have the same you know braveness I suppose mm, of um, course so yeah look it's it's all promising which is good that's it for Saturday's and go Caro and go well. Caro yes. yeah good on you mate that's it for Saturday's in Tassie.